Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1 with All Care Pharmacy. Discover a healthcare team that's always here for you at All Care Pharmacy, Ireland's largest community pharmacy network. Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1. The latest report from the Policing Authority is called What We Heard and it focuses on what communities who engage with Angarda Siakona have told the authority. And I'm joined now in the studio by Helen Hall, who's CEO of the Policing Authority. And you're very welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks very Just much, Claire. Before we talk about this report, I presume you'd like to take the opportunity to condemn the attack. We've just been talking about it on PSNI Chief Detective Inspector John Caldwell on Wednesday Abs- night. Absolutely, Claire. I mean, um, I just want, want to wish DCI Caldwell a safe recovery, and but it just does bring into stark relief the the danger that uh, Gardaí put themselves into, also um, in danger every day to keep us safe. And we've seen an increase in in assaults uh, on Garda members as well. Obviously, this is I just condemn the attack absolutely. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about that as well, and you know the, yeah. the risk to Gardaí on the program just this week. I was speaking to the AGSI General Secretary Antoinette Cunningham about that following the injury of a Garda in Ballyfermot when a bottle was thrown at that member of the force and she was talking about the issue of Garda recruitment and retention. She says the more that this happens that the less attractive the job appears to become and she's very concerned about that. Do you agree with her that recruitment is an issue? I think it's one of the things that was discussed in in detail at our our meeting with the Commissioner yesterday. I mean, I think recruitment for all organisations is is very challenging. Um, I think some of the the narrative that is going on, though, around it not being an attractive career, the the, the Gardaí still have a significant amount of applicants. And in fact, when you look at the factual attrition rates, they're actually very low compared to other police services. So I think it is still, it's a very tough career, but it's yet honourable. It still does, uh, you know, it's very attractive to people. I think the important thing, though, is as well, is that it's, it's around making sure that the Gardaí, who are putting themselves in harm's way, are given the right equipment, given the right support. The other big thing that came out yesterday, Claire, as well, though, is that's not yet acknowledged sometimes by the associations as well, is that there was a huge gap because of COVID in the in the throughput of people through Templemore. We looked at the, the numbers that should have been recruited through 2020, for example, at the height of COVID, 2021 and again 2022. And it's about 1,500 less than one would have hoped. And that's going to take time to get mm-hmm. through. Now, there's a lot of narrative as well around, you know, the fact that, you know, there's there's a dearth of, of resources but it will take a little bit of time for that, that to recover. Yeah. But Antoinette was saying that even now the yeah. number of people going through Templemore now is just not where it should be you know post-Covid. And that is but I suppose that takes time to actually get up and running again in terms of getting people in so I mean there are a lot of applicants I think there's numbers being you know politically talked about around a thousand guards coming in this year I think that is very very ambitious I I can't see that happening, mm-hmm. but there is a focus on it from the commissioner, from the public appointment service. They are working hard towards it. But I do think as well, we have to be a little bit patient to make sure that we don't diminish the quality of guards that come in as well. There is a standard. We want, you know, really good people to come in yes. and, and we want the time being given to train them as well. That's really, really important. It's a very tough role. You look at some of the things that came out in the What We Heard report yeah. um, and, and, you know, what this was about. I mean, I think you, you, you referenced it there. One of the things the policing authority does is it's a it's a value of listening to people. So these conversations that are reflected in that quite short report that we published yesterday, they reflect conversations that we would have had around tables and community centres, talking to people who deal with young people, with older people, with people who've survived domestic abuse. And these are the voices and the lived experiences of people. 
But it also says an awful lot of good things about the work the guards do and, and I suppose the really difficult job that they have at times. So so again, it's it's mm-hmm. I think it's really important for us to sort of reflect on, you know, what people experience and that who's, people whose sense of safety is really not what we would, certainly I wouldn't understand, like people who are afraid to let their children out to play because there are drug dealers next door or around it and they, you know, they're, they're keeping the children in safe as well in certain communities mm-hmm. whereby they're worried that their young primary children will get lured into 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 drug dealing and, and that's that a reality happens. it absolutely that is and that's and what also, we're hearing I see from the report that there's a fear you know if you're going down to the shop you don't look at anybody you don't go outside at a certain time of night because you don't want to be on the street but you also don't want to leave your property unattended now that's yeah, a, a, and I a know sad small way for people to have to live isn't it is it? it is and I suppose it comes comes back to the concerns that Antoinette would have would have expressed to you around Garda resources because one of the things certainly that people are saying is that they want, they feel safer when there's a guard of presence and not a, a, a car driving through, but somebody walking within the community or being on a bike. That takes people and, and that is, you know, that is important. I suppose the other thing, and it's why I'd caution patients, we really, really do need to build up the resources and the guards. We want the quality to come in, but we do also need to recognise there's also often I hear a sort of a rhetoric around, oh, we're losing guards here and there. There is an awful lot of policing that goes on behind closed doors. If you look at when the policing authority spoke to communities in terms of what should be the policing priorities for the commissioner, which we set. Yes. A lot of it was about an acknowledgement. Yes, I would rather my burglary get solved. But actually, I think child sexual abuse is more important or domestic violence is more important or cybercrime on old, older people. So there are a lot of guardy that we don't see working behind screens and Garda staff members as well who are doing analysis, who are forensic accountants, cybercrime specialists. So crime is changing and that that brings new opportunities though for people to join the guards as well because it's an exciting career. I I take that point and I think it's a a valid one but people really do want to see Gardaí on the street don't they? And that's coming through I mean looking at your report again it's there all the time they want to see the guard there. And some of the poignant quotes for and you've read it clearly is just you know a few hours is what they want. People's needs are simple in some of these challenging communities they just want a few hours where they could confidently move around so that the stairwell or, you know, they, t- they talk about the welcome reprieve just by having a guard, a van there. Yes. And so I suppose it's an acknowledgement, I think, really positive thing is that people really do want guard. They want a- and that. And that's really good for yeah. uh, Ireland as well, that we really do appreciate our police service. But there's always going to be choices about priorities. We're never, mm-hmm. you know, but that is in the acknowledgement that the guards do need more resources at the moment. But that's going to take a little bit of time to build up. On uh, domestic abuse, and you, you've touched on this you've spoken to people and it's one of the key areas of scrutiny was domestic abuse so how have things changed there for people who interact with the Gardaí on that front? I think if you take certainly the period I mean I've been involved in police oversight with the policing authority now for nearly eight years and I think several years ago if we spoke to communities it would have been the odd pocket of really good intervention in this area now it is the exact opposite the guards have really They've beefed up their protected services, but it's not actually just about the specialist services because really the majority of domestic abuse comes from regular guards at two and three in the morning, having a knowledge and reaching into communities. And one of the things the guards did really well, it would have been in our reports through COVID, was about Operation Fuishiv, which was about giving people relief, you know, reaching into communities. One of the remaining challenges, I think, 
is probably consistency and making sure that, yeah. you know, if I'm in Kerry, I get the same service yeah, if I'm in there, Wexford there or Dublin and there's pockets there f- of inconsistency. Yeah, a few yeah. anomalies like yeah. the, the woman who had to go home and tell her partner about the barring order, go home by herself. I know. And some it's, of the, I think some of the learning and it's something we've spoken to the commissioner a number of times in terms, if you're looking for areas of improvement. So I, th- I suppose I'm trying to give balance here, huge positive inroads by the guards. Always we're going to be looking and the commissioner is going to be looking at improvements. One of the improvements is a greater knowledge among Garda members around barring orders, protective orders and what can be done sometimes, even in simple cases of harassment. That you, you could, there's, there's ways within the current law that actually you can protect people who are suffering from from domestic abuse. So, look, there's there, there are pockets, but I would say it has reversed from five or six so years ago. You really. feel it has flipped do completely, you? and that's what we're hearing actually from communities as well. If you look at the report, it does talk about yes, it's not perfect everywhere. I'm mm. not saying that, but then you know it is a huge organisation. Remember, there's there's sort of seventeen and a half thousand people across this organisation working all over the country. So one of the things I think which is really powerful that the guards have done is they've changed their model of how they operate, which is now looking at nineteen divisions rather than, you know. 98 districts yeah. and divisions. So that'll allow for the improving that consistency. But it is something that I suppose as an authority, we need to keep an eye on keep and an make sure on. on behalf of your listeners that we, we focus on improving now, the performance. Your report deals with failings in dealing with young people um, very specifically. And I just want to quote here from the report. Tense, disrespectful and at times humiliating for the young person involved. Reports of verbal abuse, physical assault, unwarranted confiscation of cash, clothes or phones. Gardaí deliberately goading young people into violence so they could be arrested. And one example was given of Gardaí going out of their way to significantly humiliate a youth in front of his peers. What's going on there? Again, I mean, we talk to people who deal with with young people, um, youth workers, social workers, and, and some of this is reflective of that conversation. I mean, I think the important thing, which is what I suppose we've been speaking to the Guard, the Commissioner and his colleagues about, is that the training for Guard, the members, needs to reflect the fact that an acknowledgement that a youngster of 17 with very challenging behaviour at times, I'm not saying that this is an easy job, there needs to be a certain approach to that and, and sometimes somebody needs to be the adult but recognising that that still is a child. Obviously, you know, that they're immature in the way they're doing it. You know, it's challenging work. There needs to be, I think, uh, more kind of what I'd call trauma-informed training to know that certain of these young people may be behaving a certain way and it, I'm, not, I'm not taking away from the fact that the guards are often dealing with people who have criminal behaviour but it's about, I think there's a th- there's a, there was a quote in it, like, who's the adult here? Mm-hmm. Like, these are professional uh, police officers and it's about learning how to de-escalate and, and to sort of not, not if you're if you're having challenging behaviour from a 15-year-old and we I've, I had a teenager as well, it can be really difficult, but it's about maintaining that professionalism and not, not going yeah, to some of that. Does that come back to resources again? Because if you're going into work every day facing that same problem and you, do, you feel that you haven't got the backup and you haven't got the numbers to address it. It's very difficult to be the adult in the room every single day. But I think that's your job. I think yeah. it is your job to, you know, and not everybody's suited to it. You know, some people, some, some people join the police service and think it's all about detection of crime. Actually, it's not. If you look at what, as a society, we've said, it is it's about prevention. It's about diversion. And the guards do really good work. And I don't want to, like some of the things in the report, it's about balance. There's some mm-hmm. very, there's some things that make uncomfortable reading. 
But yet there's an awful lot positive in the report. So even if I take the dealing with young people, yes, there are pockets of inconsistency where there are guard members not behaving appropriately. And that's for what I'd encourage people, though, is that they should complain about that to, to the to the guard organisation. What we're trying to do, though, is systemically say, well, what's causing that? You know, is it is it the fact that people are not trained? But sometimes it's about having the right people in the right place and, and dealing with young people in a in a sympathetic way, even when their behaviour is not as one would hope. Okay. Antoinette Cunningham, to come back to the AGSI, um, complained about a comment that your chairperson, she said, made to her recently in a meeting. She said it was gender based and inappropriate. Have you followed up with her on the impact of that and what's happening in that regard? There was a lot of, um, I suppose, when Antoinette came out and made her statement last week, that was the culmination of, of a review and a complaint that she made that was a year and a half old. Um, it was a comment made uh, in a heated discussion of which she was a part of as well. And the chairperson apologised for that. And the matter was fully investigated and was appealed. And and, and there was no finding of, of any sort of inappropriate um, breach of any code of ethics. And, and I suppose the matter has been concluded, certainly satisfactorily from our point of view, um, in relation to, you know, Antoinette's statement last week, I mean, she, she still may decide to take her complaint further, but but certainly it has been fully resolved from our perspective. And you're and happy we're satisfied. with your complaints procedure? Absolutely. Totally, totally right. satisfied. OK, we'll leave it there. Helen Hall, uh, CEO of the Policing Authority. Thank you for coming in. Let's take a break. Email todaycb at rte.ie.